Amen. No cops, just a test run with some lights. They had fun and it's all that mattered. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, we're going to pray for this offering. Father God, we thank you and praise you for the day. Lord God, the day that you've made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Let us bring joy to you, Lord God, and let your joy be in us so that we may be complete, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless this tithes, that you would bless this offerings, that you would bless this day, bless those that are not here, Lord God. And I pray that you would speak to their hearts about this, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that you would call them in and bring them, bring them back in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray this and we just pray your blessings Lord God, over our tithes and offerings, we pray that, Lord God, it would go up to you as a fragrant incense. Lord God, as we give to the kingdom where rust and moth will not devour it, destroy it. Lord God, where, where we're giving into you joyfully. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> no kids' church today. My coffee smells good. I'm going to have to get a cup. All right, if you got your Bibles, we are going to open up to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. And for some reason this week, I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about Jesus praying for his disciples. Jesus praying for his believers. And, and it's been on my mind because it's some of the last words that Jesus said before he was crucified. Before he was taken. Because after he prayed for his disciples, he crossed over into the Kidron Valley, into the Garden of Gethsemane where there was an olive grove, where he went and prayed and he told his disciples to stay awake. So these were some of the very last days of Jesus, of Jesus being with us in the flesh, being with his disciples. So if you got your Bibles, you open up to John chapter 17. You know, some, somehow, this last, these last few weeks, these last few months have been very busy for Julie and I with work and everything going on with work and at the farm, at the homestead, I should say. But we've been, we've been busy there. But some, somehow we got talking about not being part of this world. But that we still have to live into the world. I think we were talking about sin. Is what it was. And I said to her, I said, well, we're living in a fallen world. And Jesus said that we're not to be part of the world. But we're still living in the world. Well, I want to read to you what Jesus is praying for. Because that, that is in uh, John in this chapter of John, John 17. It says, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son. That your Son may glorify you. 
For you granted him authority over all people. Think about that. Jesus was granted authority over all people. And that he may give eternal life to all those you have given him. Think about that. That God, that Jesus grants all those that come to him, he grants them eternal life. You don't just come to Jesus. Jesus knows you're going to come to him. Because he knows you're from the Father. Because it says that you give him all that come to him. All that the Father given to Jesus. And all those the Father has given to him. It says that this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God, Amen. and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You want to know what eternal life is? That you may know him. The true God, the one, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Think about that. See, Jesus left glory. He descended. He came to this earth. He left glory. And now he's going back to the glory to be with his Father. And that glory was before this world even began. Fathom that, Mom said. That glory was before the world began. Before you and I were created, before this earth was created, before the waters parted was God's glory. And Jesus was there in the beginning. Before the beginning, he was there. It says, I have revealed you to those whom you have given me. Out of the world, they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the word you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. And he goes on and he goes, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me. For they are yours. All I have is yours and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer. But they are still in the world. 
And I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, and that is the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. So that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. See, we are called not to be part of this world. But we have to still live in this world, don't we? Until Jesus takes us home. And it's really even more than that I wrote down. Because when I read these scriptures, I think, you know what we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be bringing... God's kingdom to earth. We're supposed to be bringing his world into our world. What's happening right now in the church, I believe, and across the nation and across the globe, is that the world is taking over God's world. It's being stronger. And that there's going to be a separation. There's going to be a remnant that's going to say, no, I don't want no part of this world. But the world is eating up our children and our grandchildren. It's eating them up. And we're, they're not being changed. See, what's happening is the world is changing them instead of us changing the world. That's what's happening, I believe. We're being too much conformed by the world and the world's ways that instead of bringing God's kingdom come, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? That's what I see. And I see it's getting worse and worse and worse. See, we're not, we're called, when I read this scripture, and it says, Lord, I don't take them out of the world. I'm not praying that, Lord, you take them out of the world, but I'm praying I'm going to send them, is what it says later in that scripture. I'm going to send them into the world, just as you sent me into the world. And Jesus didn't come into this world to conform to the world. He came into this world to change the world, didn't he? And he changed it. And then he told his disciples, you go and do the same. I was your example here on earth. Let's go and do this thing. You go out. And do the same. And that's how all the churches started. Amen? See, what's happening is, is we're being too conformed to the world. And we get too intermingled in. And you know, it's a deception. It's a deception from the devil that's doing it. Do you know that we think that we're so wise and so smart that we can outwit the devil or that we can read a book that's going to give us strength over the devil? Well, you can't. Because the devil will deceive you even with truth. What did he tell Adam and Eve when they were in the garden? 
He goes, surely you will be like God. You will know between right and wrong, right? And your eyes will be opened. Well, that is the truth. He deceived them with the truth. He deceived Adam and Eve with the truth. He does that. Because he's a liar, he's a deceiver. He even tried to tempt Jesus with the truth. When he said, oh, surely, if you cast yourself down, surely God will send his angels to pick you up and carry you away. Because he knows the word. He knows the truth. He lived in heaven. He worshipped God. He witnessed the glory of God. He was in his presence until he wanted to make himself up like God. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like a lightning bolt being kicked out of heaven. But he deceives people with the truth. And that's what's happening right now across the world. We're being, the great deception is unfolding right before I, we talked about this the other, this last week. We talked a little bit about the great deception. Well, the great deception is being, is being spread out. Oh, it's starting. All around us. And it starts out with a little bit of truth. But then the lie gets snuck in there and it gets muddled. And then you don't know what is right or what is wrong. And then you get mingled in with the world. Jesus says, I'm sending you out. Not to be part of the world, but to change the world. When I read that, it's so much more than that. It's more of bringing God's kingdom come. I think of what did Jesus preach when he preached, when he was here? He preached that his kingdom come. That God's kingdom come. The kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is nigh. You know, the kingdom of God is closer than you think. And if it's close then, it's even closer now. How much closer is it? Any minute Jesus could appear. All a lot of the prophecies have been fulfilled that needs to be. We're waiting. You know, the one thing I was, I watched this show. And the one thing that we're waiting for, and it's on the, it's on the apocalypse. But the one thing that we're waiting for and that we're watching for is for the Antichrist to be set up on the Temple Mount. Because that's going to really usher in the coming of Jesus. So there's one thing about Christians that they were saying is that true Christians are always watching. They're watching. They're watching for the return of Christ. And we should be watching. We should be alert. We should be watching. We should be constantly alert and ready. With our eyes open for the coming of Christ. And we should be watching out for each other. <laughs> we should be, as, as Christians, as brothers and sisters in love, we should be watching out for each other, lifting each other up in prayer. We should be full of joy. 
in love. What is that song? We said it, we will know they are Christians by their love. We will know they are Christians by their love. Right? Angels bow before me, heaven and earth adore me. What a mighty God we serve. I think I got two songs mixed up in there. But what a mighty God we serve. Amen. That's funny. Verse 13, it says, I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world. You know, when I, when I read these scriptures and I hear these things and I study it, I think this is God telling us, this is God, Jesus, who's all God, telling us, listen, I'm going to tell you these things while I am still in the world, that you may even believe, that you may understand. I'm giving you these warnings. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what's to come. I'm praying for you. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have written down here, do you have joy? Do you have joy? Do you have joy to the full measure? Because as Christians, we're supposed to have joy. And not just a little bit of joy, but to the full measure. That means it's like if you take a cup. If you take a cup like this, and i got to be careful, i got coffee in it. And you fill it up. That's to the fullest of this cup. You take a measuring cup. And you fill it up to the top. You can read half a cup, quarter cup, three quarters cup, full cup. We need to have a full cup of God's joy. We should be. And how easy it for the devil to get in there to steal and rob us of our joy. Over little things, peddly things. Things that don't really matter. But they bother us. Do you feel joyful within you? And if you're not, then why? Because Jesus said we should be full of the measure of his joy. Even though the world hates us, it doesn't matter. Because why? Because we're not of the world. We're aliens. We're visitors. Our home is not this world. In the sweet by and by. Amen. Right? I can't. We will meet on that beautiful shore. That's right. In the sweet by and by. We will meet on that beautiful shore. I can't wait to see heaven. I can't wait to go up to the gates of heaven like that one song that we're going to be singing where the gates of heaven swing wide. Swing open. I can't wait for that day. Even though the world hates us, it doesn't matter because we're not of this world. 
We're not here to live of this world. We're not here to be part of this world. We're here to be changers. We're here to change the world. And we've got this joy inside us that comes from knowing who Jesus Christ is and knowing God and knowing who we are, that we're children of God, a holy nation, a people set apart, a people belonging to God, that it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter. Because I'm not of this world. I'm praying, Lord, for your world to come, your your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Jesus, what about preaching? My kingdom come. My kingdom come. He prayed not only for us, not for us to be taken out of this world, but that we might do as he did, but to change the world. And not only that, but he also prayed that we would be protected from the evil one. Because he knows the evil one is a deceiver and he will bring truth to deceive you. Just like he brought truth to the temptation of Jesus when he was in the wilderness, just like he brought truth to Adam and Eve when they were in the garden, and then they got kicked out. You got to watch that devil. He's a sly little weasel. God, he says, Jesus says, my prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of this world. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them by the truth. You know what sanctification means? It means being pure and spotless. It means becoming holy. You know, they couldn't, they couldn't just put the utensils into the temple until they sanctified them. You couldn't just walk into the temple in the Old Testament until you were sanctified. That's why they would put a little bell around your ankle and tie a rope around you because when they heard the bell was still ringing that you were still walking, but when it stopped, they'd pull them out dead because they weren't sanctified. And how do you get sanctified? It just said it by the truth of the word. By the word of God. You'll wash yourself with the word. What did Judson Cornwell used to say? His mother would say, Judson, cleansliness is next to godliness. Because <laughs> he's wanting him to take a bath and take a shower and clean up and clean up his room. Cleansliness is next to godliness. Not, not in there. But it was in Judson Cornwell's mom's heart. 
Jesus says, as you sent me into this world, I have sent them into the world. See, this is Jesus telling us. This is Jesus. He's praying for his disciples. He's like, Lord, just as you have sent me into this world, I am sending them into this world to do what I've done, to do what you've told me to do. And I'm just repeating everything you've told me to them. I'm sending them into this world, but protect them. And I sanctify them, that they may too be truly sanctified. And then Jesus goes on and he prays for the future believers, which is us. And when I read these prayers, I think, he, you know, look at how God just knows everything. There's nothing new under the sun that God doesn't know. There's nothing you can hide from God, nothing you can do that God doesn't know. Think about this. Think about it like this. Whatever you see, God sees. Whatever you see, whatever you watch, God sees. What are your eyes? Your eyes are the door to your spirit, aren't they? Whatever your eyes see, God sees. Whatever your eyes, whatever your ears hear, God hears. Whatever you speak comes from your heart. What's in your heart? My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. See, we have, we're blessed with the Bible. We are blessed with the Bible. We're blessed because it not only does it have the Old Testament, because back then they didn't even have the New Testament written yet. They had the, the word written by the Old Testament. They had the law. They had commandments. And what did they say? Meditate on the law. What did King David say? Meditate on the law day and night. Meditate on the law day and night. It's like medicine for my soul. It's like healing to my body. Meditate on it. They didn't even have this New Testament yet. It wasn't even written. But we're blessed because we've got the Old Testament and the New Testament. We got all the words of Jesus. And that. We also have all the testimony and testaments of all of the saints. All of the writings of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Paul, Timothy, Jude, Peter. We have all those writings. And we have their account of Jesus. They're accounts of the Holy Spirit. We believe because of a lot of their testimony. We believe because they went out and started the churches. We believe because we have God's word written in red. And that's what Jesus is saying. My prayers for not just the disciples alone. I pray for those who believe in the, 
in me through their message. This is their message. That all of them may be one. Father, just as we are, just as you are in me and I am in you, it makes me think of 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. We need to have Jesus in us, just as Jesus was in the Father. And the Father was in him. We're in Jesus. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you have given me. And they may be one as we are one. In them, you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You know, there's a... You know, you read that scripture again and you see the reoccurring theme over and over again. And the word one, the word unity, that they may be one as we are one. That they may be one with us. That they may be in unity. Years ago, I think it was Pope John Paul, one of the, one of the popes there, John Paul, I don't know which one, but he started an ecumenical movement where he was trying to get the different denominations to come together. They actually, I think they called it the common grounds. Where they tried to find common grounds within their own religious beliefs. I'm going to tell you it is going to take a mighty move of the Holy Spirit for all the churches to come together as one. And to be in unity. I mean we have so many things. That are similar. With the rest of our brothers and sisters out there. With all these different denominations. But can you imagine. The day when we all come together as one. In one accord in unity with one mind. Can you, I can imagine the day. I can picture it. I can imagine the day where we all get together on one, in one accord, in one voice, with one thought, and that is nothing but on Jesus Christ. Giving Him glory and giving Him praise. You know, when we worship, you know, you could be worshiping and you can get to that point of worship where all of a sudden you become one. And it doesn't matter who the other people are worshiping around you. You don't care who they are or what they believe, their denomination. You're not asking them that. You're there and you're worshiping God. And you're praising God in one accord and one mind. But you know, my wife just finished a book called Glory. And she talks about when you're getting into worship, we just barely touch into worship. That we're really not getting into the glory of God yet. When we get into worship with one accord, one mind, and unity, I believe that's when God's glory is going to fall down upon us like never before. That His glory 
will just encompass us. His angels will come down and sing with us. His presence will be so strong that there's going to be healing, deliverance, people being set free just because of the presence of God. Because where the presence of God is, there has to be change. There comes change. Where the presence of God is, there's miracles. Where the presence of God is, the impossible becomes possible. And that's what happens when God steps in the room. And Jesus says here, my prayer is that they be one in unity. As we are one, that they would be one. We've gone so far from that. Throughout time. And he says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. That's, that's just like when he leaves the 99 to go get the one. He's like, Father, I want all those that you have given me to be with me. He doesn't want one to be lost. He wants them to be with him where he is. And he wants them to see my glory. He's like, Lord, I want them to see my glory. The glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. The glory you've given me before because you love me. You gave me that glory before the creation of, before I even created the world I was in that glory and I had that glory. And I want them to see the glory that you've given to me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know you. They will know we are Christians by our love. <laughs> right? We will know they are Christians by their love. I know you, and they know you, that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. And there you go, back to 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. God wants us to go out into this world. He wants us to go out into this world. Jesus wants us to go out into this world to change the world. To change the world. Not to be changed by the world, but to change the world. Not to become the world, but to bring God's kingdom, His world here on earth. And as believers... We have that kingdom within us. We have that temple within us. We have that presence of God 
within us. God wants us to make the world known of him. That's what God wants. He wants us to tell the world of him. To tell the world of his love. To tell the world there's so much more. There's so much more to life than what we see, what we feel, what we smell, what we touch, what we taste. There's so much more. There's a life that's full of eternity, that's full of joy, that's full of love that we can have. That we barely even touch. That our cups are not full to the measure, but our cups are down here. We need to be working on getting our cups up here to overflow. To overflow. And how do we do that? We do that by a love of God. We do that by a sanctifying of the truth by the word. We do that by worship. We do that by a relationship. Amen? Thank you, Lord. For God didn't come into... For Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to give the world life. In life full of abundance. Full of joy, full of love. Eternally, eternal life. Amen? Amen? Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord God, for this day. I pray for your word, Lord God, that, Lord, Lord, whatever I said that's not of you, Lord God, that's in my flesh, that, Lord, you would put it aside. Lord, I pray, Lord God, for forgiveness for all my sins and things I've done. I pray for forgiveness for anything that might separate me from you, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, that you would come in and sanctif- do your sanctifying work here in this place, in my vessel, and in the vessel of these people that are here, Lord God. That, Lord, you would sanctify us. And we do that by reading your word, by washing our minds with your word, by washing our bodies with your word. Help us, Jesus, to be into your word. I pray against the devil that says you don't have time. you got to do this first, that first, this first. I pray against the devil that keeps us away from your word, away from your sanctifying work, away from your joy, and away from your love. We bind them up and cast them out. As my wife said, we get rid of that yoke in Jesus' name. And Lord, we take on your yoke, which is light. And we pray this, Lord God, and I just pray your blessings today over your people. Pray that you would be with us as we go out from here this week. Lord God, that we would be world changers and not changed by the world, that you would give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear, that you would give us the wisdom we need and the strength we need, Lord God, each day. And I pray this over each person as I pray the blood of Jesus over them, and I pray for your protection in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. If anybody would like prayer, we would love to pray for you. Amen.